Welcome everybody to What's the 411. This is the show that keeps you updated on today's and tomorrow's current events. So let's check out what's going on right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to What's the 411, and we are on live. And before we get started, man, forgot to do it on the last episode. I'm going to let y'all know that we are available on listening platforms as well. So you can check us out on um, Breaker, right? Overcast, Pocket Cast. Check us out on Spotify. You can check us out on Anchor and Radio Public. All right. And I want to shout out some folks that said they followed me. Let me get this off the screen here real quick. Shout out to, um, I'm going to say E the Key, Emmanuel the Key, calling them E the Key. Shout out to Jess, the world Jess. And Bay Breeze, shout out to y'all for coming in on the last show. I want to shout out to those three for participating into the comments and to the topic at hand. All right. So I definitely want to shout out to them for coming on the last episode. And we're going to get into a topic that some might find touchy, but um, we're going to hit them touchy subjects and keep it, keep it 1,000 up in this piece. All right. So many of you might not be aware of, or maybe you are, maybe you heard of it. Um, Eva Longoria issues an apology to the black folks, to the black community. All right. After hurting sentiments of African-American fans. All right. So there's always been this thing where you hear people talking of the black and brown coalition, the black and brown coalition. But a lot of people are saying, a lot of people are using that and thinking there is one. And then there's a lot of people saying there's not one because of a lot of actions of the quote brown part of the coalition, which will be like the Hispanic, the Spanish people, whether it's Mexican Puerto Rican, uh, Dominican, so on and so forth. That there seems to be, even though people call these things out saying there's some type of coalition, but it always seems as if the other group is not really showing that so-called coalition. They seem like they do things on the side that's suspect. And so here's an article that kind of speaks on that. And uh, something that Eva Longoria had stated in regards to the election. So, you know, we're going to check this out here. All right. So American actor Eva Longoria had recently sparked outrage on social media after she seemingly suggested that Latino women were to be credited for the win of Joe Biden in the U.S. election. All right. And so turning on her Twitter, Longoria issued a clarification for the statement she made during an interview on MSNBC on Sunday. 
She wrote, I'm sorry and sad to hear that my comments on MSNBC could be perceived as taking credit from black women. She wrote, when I said that Latinas were heroines in this election, I simply meant that they turned out in great numbers. So my thing is, if that's what you meant, why not just come out and say, hey, they came out in great numbers, not kind of fashion your comments to just black women, right? But again, she says, I'm so, I'm so sorry and sad to hear. She's sorry and sad to hear that my comments on MSNBC could be perceived as taking credit from black women. When I said that Latinas were heroines in this election, I simply meant that they turned out in greater numbers and voted more progressively than Latino men. So I'm um, again, I still say, why is there if that's the case, why she couldn't just keep it up, keep it a buck and just be upfront with it and say it like that, the way she has to now explain it. Why couldn't she just say that? And we're gonna get about the Latino men in a minute, but why could why she couldn't say that? Well, the Latinas, the Latino women turned out in greater numbers compared to the Latino men. That's all she had to say. And then there wouldn't be no backlash. That was it. That's all she had to say. There is such a history in our community of anti-blackness in our community. And I would never want to contribute to that, she said. She added. All right. So I guess this is her tweet right here. All right. It says, Latino men, my wording was not clear. So now she's talking to the Latino men, which she should have done that to begin with. Now she's telling the Latino men, my wording was not clear and I deeply regret that. There is such a history in our community of anti-blackness. So she's stating the way this looks like it reads. And you could say or correct me if I'm wrong, but she's looking like right here, she's admitting after she says Latino men, my wording was not clear and I deeply regret that. There is such a history in our community of anti-blackness. So she's admitting in the Latino community, there is a history of anti-blackness. And she says, there is a, such a history in our community of anti-blackness in our community and I would never want to contribute to that. So let me be clear. So she's talking to Latino men and giving her breakdown. Black women have long been the backbone of the Democratic Party. There's so many and so many angles to this whole article that we can go into, but we're going to try to stay on maybe one or two. But she says black women have long been the backbone of the Democratic Party, something we have seen played out in this election as well as previous ones. So now she's backtracking. Finally, black women don't have to do it alone any longer. Latinas, many who identify as Afro-Latina, which I don't believe that's true. And I only know of two, maybe three. Cardi B is the sus suspected three. Because I don't recall she's she might have said they that 
wear black as well. She might in a in an interview before. It doesn't matter one way or the other, but she might have said that. And there's two that actually look black. If you didn't know they was has some type of Latina background somewhere, you would thought they was black. One is um a lot of people know of Amara La Negra, and the other one is Juju. Both of them look like black girls, and they claim they are black. They they'll say they're black, but they also add the um, the Latina or the Hispanic element in there to let you know that too. But if you would have seen them on the street, you thought it was another black two black girls, until either you heard them, which Juju sounds she doesn't have she doesn't seem like she has an accent. Of a Spanish accent, Amara Amara La Negra does. You can tell if you hear her start talking. But if you just looked at either one of them, you would have never thought they had any Hispanic background or Latina background. But anyway, Latinas may Latinas many who identify as Afro Latina. That's suspect. I don't believe that all the way. Indigenous women, AAPI or PL. I don't know what those letters stand for off the top. Um, women and other women of color, there we go with those code words again, are standing with them so we can grow our collective voice and power. Together, we are unstoppable. Nothing but love and support for black women everywhere. You deserve a standing ovation. And that's from Eva Longoria Bastin, I guess is her current name at Eva Longoria on Twitter. All right. So again, we have this so-called black brown coalition. And there's always been that question in the air of whether or not that's the case. I guess Eva Longoria had to clear herself up when she should have been clear at the beginning. It shouldn't have been an issue at the beginning. She would have said it just plain and clear like she just did in her tweet now. It would have been an issue. So um, she further said that she wanted to be very clear. Black women have long been the backbone of the Democratic Party, something we have seen played out in this election as well as previous ones. Finally, black women don't have to do it alone any longer. All right, so I'm just reading, rereading the tweet here. Earlier, the Desperate Housewives star 45 claimed during the interview that Latina women are to be hailed for the win of president-elect joe biden in the election now when you say something like that and you didn't clear it up like you cleared it up here that you addressing it to latino men and we'll get to them in a minute i'm gonna show you uh some footage real quick but um if she would have made it that clear enough front there wouldn't have been an issue but you had you was feeling yourself a little bit and so you had to come out in a different way. All right. Eva Longoria to Ari Melber on the impact of Latina women. That spirit and perseverance that Latinas use in their daily life, the struggle to pay their bills and the struggle to show up to their jobs. That's the same perseverance and spirit they use to show up to the polls. Right. And so let's take a listen to this uh, right here. Matter of fact, let me uh, I'm gonna just go out of that real quick and make sure I get the audio. There we go. That way you'll be able to hear it a lot better. Okay. 
Uh, let's take a listen real quick here. If everyone got that on Tuesday night at 9 p.m., what you just walked mm -hmm. us through, the huge margins I walked through in the last segment, uh, the power of young voters, and particularly a diverse coalition, and, and really people of color, but specifically women of color, putting Joe Biden over yes. the top and what that means. If that all yeah. just exploded along with you know a, a clear electoral vote margin a, a Tuesday night, that might have sunk in. Instead, we had a lot of other stuff between then and now that doesn't really matter. And so I, I wonder what you think about that, because going forward, yeah. this is also about power. And does the Democratic Party understand why it's back in power? Yeah, I think I think you bring up a good point. I mean, I think, uh, you know, campaign financing needs to be looked at. I think the way in which we campaign, there were so many false ads in Florida in Spanish. Spanish wasn't regulated the same as in English. And so uh, I do think we need to take a look at that. Again, our, our work is just beginning. But I want to talk about what you just said about the women. The women of color showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw uh, in Georgia, what what uh, uh, black what women have done, but the Latina women were the. Now I'm gonna rewind it a little bit, but they go with this women of color. When they hear again, that's color. That's that people of color, women of color doesn't mean black, and it don't mean black exclusively. All right, so again, that's one of those code words I always mention to be looking out for: people of color, diversity, minorities and inclusion four words to be very suspect when you hear that hear those words inclusion diversity minority and people of color or they go women of color all suspicious words trick words to be looking out for all right let's continue back Georgia, what what uh, uh, black women have done, but the Latina women were the real heroines here, beating men yeah. in turnout in every state and voting for Biden Harris at an average rate close to three to one, and and that wasn't surprising to us. You know, Latinos are the CEOs of the households. All right, now she's going on her little rant again. Let's listen again what she said, and now she had to go back and clean it up because everybody was jumping on her, and rightfully so. Now, again, I go back up here to her little tweet. If she would have worded it this way the first time, but because she was on the cameras, she had to show out a little bit, right? All right, she had to show out a little bit. And then she ended up having to clean things up every state and voting for Biden Harris at an average rate close to three to one. And, and that wasn't surprising to us. You know, Latinos are the CEOs of the households. They make all the financial decisions and healthcare decisions and regulated, regulated the same as in English. And so uh, I do think we need to take a look at that. Again, our, our work is just beginning. But I want to talk about what you just said about the women. The women of color showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw uh, in Georgia, what what uh, uh, black women have done, but the Latina women were the real heroines here, beating men yeah. in turnout in every state and voting for Biden. The Latinas were the real heroines out here, beating men. She didn't she didn't make it clear what type of men. Now she had to go back and tweet it to the Latino men what she meant. All right, and put it back one more time, and then let it play all the way through. 
the women of color showed up in big ways. Of course, you saw uh, in Georgia what what uh, uh, black women have done, but the Latina women were the real heroines here, beating men yeah. in turnout in every state and voting for Biden Harris at an average rate close to three to one. And, and hold on, you see how much she. I wanted to make this point too. See how quick she brushed off the black women. Like, yeah, they, they turn out, but this. So I want you to listen to that. But you just said about the women, the women of color showed up in big ways. Of course you saw uh, in Georgia, what, what uh, uh, black women have done, but the Latina women were the real heroines here, beating men yeah. in turnout in every state and voting for Biden Harris at an average rate close to three to one. And and that wasn't surprising to us. You know, Latinos are the CEOs of the households. They make all the financial decisions and healthcare decisions and educational decisions. Many Latinas are small business owners and they wanted a plan for recovery um, for themselves, not for Wall Street. And so Trump's policies were never aimed at the struggling Latina community. And you know, if you look at voter suppression on top of that, how Latinas showed up, even through through the closing of polling places and the shutting down mm. of drop-off sites and new voter ID laws and long lines and driving 30 miles and, and all of that. And on top of that, restrictions and safety protocols of a, of a pandemic, that spirit and perseverance that, that Latinas use in their daily lives, the struggle to pay their bills and the struggle to show up to their jobs and homeschool their kids and take care of their elders, that's the same perseverance and spirit they use to show up at the polls. She went all in that rant to say what they do and brushed off black women with the, the quickest. There's some, they did a little something in Georgia, but Latino women, blah, 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 blah. And this is why a lot of people are saying there's no real black and brown coalition. Because every time they try to think that that's the case or believe that to be, this is what you end up seeing is people such as Eva. And of course she, you know, she cleaned it up and made herself clear. We don't know how genuine that is or not, but she went on her way out her way to make it clear a second time, which gives the suspicion of whether or not she was genuine because people had to check her on certain things she said. But she went out and apologized and made it a little bit more clearer about black women, right? And that brings me to I don't know if it's a split between Latino, Latina women and Latino men when it comes to things like this. But it's been highly known that um, I say some Puerto Ricans, some Cubans, I won't say all, but it does seem like a highly high amount of them, uh, maybe Dominicans and maybe others of that Latino descent have an affinity for Trump and a liking, I should say, to Trump and the Republican Party. And this has been witnessed recently with a UFC fighter, Jorge Masvidal. So I always wanted y'all to check him out real quick and listen to how he speaks. All right.
And he's Cuban, I think, by the way. And like I said, it's been highly suspected. A lot of Cubans in Florida, they say, and then Cubans in general tend to not think they are black or have that African phenotype background. All right. They think they're actually white. Or some of them anyway. But it seems like it's a high amount of the sum. But y'all take a listen to this. And the key to winning Florida for Trump is getting out more of the Latino vote. We all know that. And when it comes to that, Trump has a real fighter on his side. We have one of the greatest fighters anywhere in the world in Jorge Masvidal. Champ. He's a champ. He's got that heart. He's got that heart. Thank you, man. We need more people like him, I can tell you. And joining me now is UFC fighter Jorge Masvidal. Jorge, wonderful to see you. Uh, we've been hearing a lot that Trump is doing better among Hispanics. So are you seeing that on the ground? Is it actually true? It, it's a red. Like she said, it seems that a lot of um, Hispanics are for Trump. All right. And then you listen to what he says. We've been hearing a lot that Trump is doing better among Hispanics. So are you seeing that on the ground? Is it actually true? It, it's a red wave here. It, it's getting hotter and hotter. The red wave is a real thing. I mean, people waited four hours yesterday for, for the rally and about 25,000 live individuals were there. If that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what I can tell I, you. All I know, Jorge, as I kept saying today, if I had to pick one rally to go to, the one in Miami would be the most most fun because everybody's dancing and there's music oh, yeah. and everyone around the country is like wait i'm uh, they want me to be miserable but people actually seem to be having fun and the fun factor people have to not ignore i think no we we, we had a great time as you said the latin music was playing water bottles were being handed out because people were sweating dancing waiting for our president to come in and just give us some words of wisdom and some encouragement and it was a ball man and from top to from the beginning to the end, great speakers. I, I had a blast. One of my favorite writers ever. Forcing Donald Trump this late in the election. Now, I know you're still fighting, but do you think you're risking your legacy by endorsing Donald Trump? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, we see it everywhere. They try to cancel my Goya beans that I love to eat, that I've been eating since a kid, that feeds millions of Latin people, and they just give charity events. So when, when the hurricanes came to Puerto Rico, they sent tons of food away in places like Venezuela. And they tried to cancel culture them because they had a business meeting with Trump. So obviously, I, I stand to lose a lot, but I'm not going to be intimidated in places. And incidentally, did you, um, I know y'all seen when Trump was in Puerto Rico. I thought myself personally, it was kind of disrespectful how he was throwing the uh, paper towels or tissue or something to different people. That's not cool for like somebody in a leadership position to be doing that. You know, as if like, here, you little peasants, here you go. Here's one for you. And here's one for you, as opposed to handing them out to people. So that was in Puerto Rico. Remember when Trump did that? But unfortunately, a lot of Puerto Ricans still rocked with Trump, even after that kind of disrespectful type of move right there. So 
I mean, it's just it's just showing you what people's heads are really at and what their mindsets are really at. Let's continue. This is like Venezuela, and they tried to cancel culture them because they had a business meeting with Trump. So obviously, I I stand to lose a lot, but I'm not gonna be intimidated by no mob or, or by no individual. I'm not the type of person you could take something from me. It's better you, you talk it out, you know. So um, I I don't care what I stand to lose. I'm speaking from my heart. I'm speaking for those that can't speak, like my father, like my uh, that escaped communist Cuba. I I have to be a mouthpiece for them. You know, I'm I'm definitely not getting more followers or. or or friends or stuff like that because I'm endorsing the president. It's quite the opposite, but I, I, I don't care. You know, I honestly don't care. Jorge, Jorge, I don't know where where are you, by the way? Where is that? I'm at Sugar Factory. I uh, I came to have a milkshake, kind of like an early <laughs> celebration for tomorrow. <laughs> okay, again, everybody has fun down in Florida uh, or wherever you are. You are you in Florida? Miami, Florida. Oh, Miami, you're in Florida. Florida okay. Florida, yes, of miss. course, That's where all the fun is. Jorge, thanks. All right, so you have it on that. And then let me see here. I'm going to pull up uh, one more thing here. Real quick. Real quick, quick, quick. Because this is the memories that I remember. The way um, it was when it came to the black and brown coalition, it was, it was seemed like it was a lot more respect and you're going to have people that's get ready to come up. This is Ronald Duncan, but I'm talking about the person that's going to come up right after him. A lot of y'all might be familiar with the professor, Ronald Duncan, the Royal father of ninjutsu of American ninjutsu at that. But it's the person that comes on right after that I used to remember how I think it was more or he was probably more around Puerto Ricans. When you were in New York, you were around Puerto Ricans more. I, I didn't recall too many Mexicans or anybody at that time back in the day being around then. Although I've ran into Mexicans um, over the years at different times of my life. And it seemed, you know, during, you know, still kind of in my teen years and stuff like that. It seemed like things were cool. They was kind of cool. But nowadays, it just seemed like the mindset between the black and the brown is like way different. All right, so let me play this real quick. Master Duncan, a father, a leader, one of the most important men in my life beside my father. He is my instructor. Now, I'm going to play it again, but this man was showing mad respect for Ronald Duncan. All right. He's showing mad respect, and you see he had a Spanish name, right? And you see his skin color, too, right? So, mad respect. And that's how I remember growing up, how the Latinos, if you want to say that, or Hispanics or Puerto Ricans or Mexicans. That's how I'll show, that's how, that's what I remember them as far as having love and respect for black people and black men, black women. They spoke like that. All right, so let's play it again. Master Duncan, a father, 
a leader, one of the most important men in my life beside my father. He is my instructor since I was a little child. He trusted me. He taught me. He put me through life. I learned many things. No longer I'm young. Master Duncan, uh, I'm not going to talk about who is first and who does the most. Uh, we all know that Master Duncan was doing the other ninjutsu way back in those uh, years, back in the 60s. I've known Professor Duncan for almost 20 years now. We're from Panama. Both of us are from Panama. You know, and uh, both of our path in the martial art is kind of parallel. So, you know, it looks like if he write his resume and you look at mine, look like someone of us is, you know, is, is taking off of the other one. But we were raised during the, uh, the World War to Hera, you know, and um, he was a boxer just like I was, you know, and there were a lot of Japanese and Chinese in our area. He was on the Pacific side, I was on the Atlantic side, and he learned a lot of uh, the heart in his area, so, you know, so did I. Um, as for the ninja part of it, uh, back in 1964, I think Okay, I won't go on, but that's how they show you know respect. And Ronald Duncan, I think in other videos mentioned him being a black man when he was explaining how he was being treated in the martial arts world and being kind of hidden. Excuse me. And so that's what I recall a lot of the Hispanics or Latino people to be like that. Even some uh, guys that my, um, my dad knew that were Puerto Rican or so, they had like, it was mad respect. It wasn't none of that crazy, crazy talk on the side. Definitely not in the presence, not in his presence or our presence and nothing you can pinpoint them doing behind anybody's back or talking talking greasy behind anybody's back. But now it seems like as you've seen with the uh, Jorge Masvidal, you know, you can see the arrogance in there a little bit. And uh, that's how a lot of folks are getting down nowadays. All right. So I just want to hit y'all up with that again. You guys can catch us on anchor radio public. Pocket Cast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, and probably a few others. Um, I think on Himalaya, I think the podcast app, you could probably catch uh, What's the 411. And um, so y'all check us out, man. All right. Again, this is What's the 411. We appreciate y'all for checking out this show. And I'm out of here. Peace. Welcome, everybody, to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com. This is the website where you can take online video courses and you can also learn personal protection, urban survival, and everything in between. Starting in January 2021, Survive and Protect will begin its Survive and Protect Academy. 
to become a student of the Survive and Protect Academy, all you need to do is go to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com, click on the Attend S&P Academy button, and scroll down the page till you see a set of instructions that will show you how to become a student of the Survive and Protect Academy. In the Survive and Protect Academy, you will get exclusive content that will not be on any of Survive and Protect's social media platforms. So be sure to join us today by going to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com and come down to the bottom of the page, enter your email address, and click the subscribe button. So before we go, always remember to be aware, wash the hands, and have a plan. We'll see you soon.